0: You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A since 1989.
1: Good morning, everyone.
0: My name is Kenny Zuchuku, and it's so good to be with you all. Thank you for choosing the West Side Church. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that wherever you're at this morning, that our service will help you connect to God, transform your hearts and inspire others to do the same. Today we're beginning a new sermon series titled Songs for the Soul. And we will be diving into the Book of Psalms, which is an incredible collection of Hebrew poetry that has been used in worship of God for, the, for two millennia. The Book of Psalms is classically known for its depth and intimacy that touches the human soul, and as a result, many of our hymns, gospel music, and even some contemporary Christian music have been written and inspired by the Psalms. When we read a passage from the prophets like Isaiah or Jeremiah, or from the Gospels in the New Testament, uh, it's like affirming that this is what people heard God say, or this is what people heard Jesus say. But when I read a Psalm, I'm addressing God directly. I'm not just acknowledging God's presence, or his existence, or his vastness, or his greatness but I'm interacting with God personally. I'm helping to create a new, intimate connection between me and God. And if I'm reciting a psalm with a community of fellow believers, which we call the church, then all of us together create a new, intimate connection between us and God. Typically, when I ask Christians about the rough times in their life, I'm like, what are you reading in your Bible? They'll say, well... The Psalms. We know they ain't reading Jude and Revelation. They're reading the Psalms just to help them get through the day, which is incredible because the Psalms were written by Israelites for Israelites. They're written for the Jews. But when Jesus came on earth and started healing people, and He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me. Some of the Jews were like, oh, snap's? That's God. That's our Messiah. And now we read the entire book of Psalms through that lens. We interpret it in the way that we see Jesus as God. Which up until that point, no one, except maybe some of the Messianic prophets, but pretty much no one viewed the Psalms in that way. And today, many of you put on that Christian lens. And that lens has been influenced by traditions of millions upon millions of Christians from the first century until now. When I meet non-Christians and we read a psalm together, they, they look at it and say, how can you have so much emotion? I did not know that was in the Bible. So much anger, so much passion, so much thankfulness and gratitude. You can actually say that stuff out loud? I thought Christianity was supposed to be private. They are blown ultimately we know that people's styles and outlooks on life are constantly changing word shift and implication and meaning and particularly for the psalms coming to us from thousands of years ago the symbols and assumptions at the time of their composition are likely altogether different than how we read it now but 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 we can still connect we still interact with God in a way that no other book and no other religion allows us to. Can we just stand in awe and just thank God and the people that paid paved the way for us to have such an amazing resource, which is why the title of my lesson today is simply Thank You. Thank you, thank you, Thank you, thank you. And this psalm, Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And can we just take a moment and publicly thank someone in the chat? I know many of you guys are watching at home. Just take a moment and write in the chat something you're thankful for, or someone you're thankful for. It's Thanksgiving this week like Rachel said earlier. And coming up, it's a helpful time just to remind us why we can be thankful. I'm thankful. I can't write in the chat, but I'll, I'll say it here. I'm thankful for Carrie Lounsbury because she challenges me all the time. And also, today is her birthday, so happy birthday, Carrie. And Carrie is our women's ministry leader for the West Side Church. Thank you for constantly challenging me and trying to help me be better. I'm thankful for my mom. Last week, I was really sick. I was dizzy, and I... I was uh, I was off balance and I had a headache, uh, and when I get sick, I'm like a big I'm like a really big baby, so I'm like God, help me, I'm dying, please help me. My mom's like, you got some earwax, you gotta take it out. So she took me to urgent care, and she waited for me as I went in to see the doctors, and she was so patient and caring. All I want to say, mom, is thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I realize that oftentimes, I can take God for granted. And I don't necessarily run to him when I'm feeling thankful. I can run to him when I'm feeling I need something. But once that need is met, I don't know if I'm as grateful. What about you? I had a few friends recently that have been very thankful. Here's my friend Chris and Jenny Mathis and their new daughter, Marielle, she was born on October 8th. Healthy baby, but I remember Chris sent me a picture of, of her right after the birth. And, and, and he was just so grateful. He's like, the doctor, the nurses, family and friends, all he could say was thank you. And I have another friend, his name is D.K. and Maui, or Marissa Ezenekwe. And they had a baby girl named Emery. And she was born on November 16th. And again, the doctors and the nurses, the family, all they could say was thank you. Thank you for our baby girl. We are going to dive into this idea of thankfulness and gratitude as we, as seen through the Psalms. And we'll read a few Psalms to help us get there. But before we jump in, let's just take a few seconds, like Rachel said, to share this live stream video with a family member, a friend, or just someone you haven't talked to in a while. All you have to do is click that curved arrow that says share near the title of the video and just Send it away, and let's give others an opportunity to connect and be transformed and to be inspired. You never know what God can do. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together this Sunday. I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful that you've been able to put us here on this earth in a time where we can really look back and say, man... We do not deserve what we have, and yet you still allow us to be here. I pray that everyone watching, they can learn something new, they can connect with you in a way that they maybe have never connected with you before. I pray that you speak through me. Humble me, Lord. Help me say what I need to say on behalf of you and your Son. I love you, and I pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. During the Civil Rights Movement, there is this man named Eldridge Cleaver. He was one of the former leaders in the Black Panther movement. In 1978, a book that he wrote was published titled Soul on Fire. And in this book, he discusses the years that shaped him into the man he becomes. And Cleaver Cleaver was a Muslim during most of his young adult years. But in 1975, he fled to France to avoid arrest after a shootout with police in Oakland, California. And in deep anguish, in deep pain, he turns and reads this. And he says, I just crumbled and started crying. I fell to my knees, grabbing hold of the banister. And the mist Of this shaking and crying, the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm came into my mind. I hadn't thought about these prayers for years. I started repeating them. And after a time, I gained some control over the trembling and crying. And then I jumped up and I ran to my bookshelf and got the Bible. I discovered that my memory had not served me well. I got lost somewhere between the valley of the shadow of death and the overflowing cup, but it was the Bible in which I searched and found that psalm. Wow. Eldridge remembered a psalm from his childhood which helped him reconnect to God through his pain. And in that year, 1975, Eldridge Cleaver converted to the Christian faith and he was actually baptized into the Mormon church which, you know, going from a Black Panther Muslim to placing membership in the Mormon church, that's quite a conversion. But more importantly, Cleaver gives us this depiction of his soul being on fire. Have any of you ever experienced your soul on fire? And he had this Abstruse or esoteric moment characterized by him jumping up and running to his bookshelf for his Bible, which he probably hadn't read in years, maybe decades. And, and I just imagine that just being in bed. And many of us, we, you know, we wake up and you can imagine just waking up every morning. You're just like, Ugh, and you're yawning, you scratch your back, whatever, you, your neck, you rub your eyes, you're just waking up. And then you're like, Oh, I need to read my Bible and you run to your bookshelf or whatever. You run to your living room, you open it up, you just start reading. How incredible would that be if that was our response every single time when it came to connecting with God? This wasn't a moment of flippancy. I believe Eldridge generally thought that he'd find rest, comfort, and peace even after years without connecting to his Christian faith. He cracks open the Bible. And where does he go? When we're having a rough times? where do we go? The book of Psalms. And he reads Psalms 23, which says, and if you know it, please say it with me. Just, just say it with me. Say it aloud in your living rooms, wherever you're at. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for His namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I feel no for You are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You're, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil; my cup overflows. Surely goodness, oh, I love that song. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, follow me. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The book of Psalms is incredibly powerful. And just like Eldridge, I often run to God when I'm feeling down. I run to Him when I'm feeling sad. I run to Him when I need redemption. I run to Him when I need help. But when I get through those different valleys and those different times in life, I'm embarrassed to say that I can often forget about God. And the honest truth, church, is that I begin to put myself in His place. I can so easily forget that it's His rod and His death that comfort me. I can, forget, I can forget that He prepares the table before me, that He anoints me with oil, and that it's His goodness and His mercy and His house that I can dwell in forever. We're going to quickly look into Psalm 40, because it's not just a psalm of thanksgiving. There are certain psalms where the psalmist is praising God, left and right, and just all day praise, praise, praise. Everything's good. And there's other psalms where it's lamenting, it's lamenting, Constantly talking about what's going wrong. And there's psalms that have a little combination of both, which I think Psalm 40 is. And I like it because the psalmist talks about how his pain, his anguish, suffering, how that leads him to thankfulness. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Psalm 40. It reads... I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Incredible. So personal. I have a question for you guys. When you feel jaded, when you feel hurt, in what situations do you typically find yourself running to God? And do you run to God when things are good? just as quickly as you run to Him when things are bad. Put that in the chat. Share it with us. Talk about it after the lesson is over. But I love this psalm because the psalmist is communicating his heart as he's running to God. And in verse 1, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. And on Thursday, this past Thursday, some of the Westside Church members and the staff processed some of the data results we we received from the Kingdom Inclusion Survey. And for those of you who have no idea what that means, we as a Westside Church surveyed, surveyed our membership a few months ago to gauge how we are doing, how we're thinking, feeling, acting on racial injustice prejudice, discrimination, and some other matters unbecoming to what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We did not feel like we adequately processed the results of that data at one of our midweek gatherings, and therefore we planned another lengthier time to do so. And during this lengthier time, I, I noticed a consistent message that I heard from many of my brothers and sisters, particularly my black brothers and sisters. A message very similar to this psalm. And they were saying that I've waited patiently for the Lord to deal with some of the racial injustices that I've experienced in the church. And I know that God has turned to me and heard my cry, but I don't know if other brothers and sisters are hearing it the way that he does. And it was so deep and intimate and I was, I had to turn on my camera. I started crying. I was like, oh gosh, it hurts to hear this, but it was so good. It's a good time of reflection. I'll never forget what our brother Jay Eubanks said. He said, I just want people to be recognized and loved for who they are. Regardless of what their status is or their talent or whether or not they have money or whatever. I just want them to feel love because they're my brother and sister in Christ. And he said, people are tired of talking about racism, but I'm tired of living it. It's such a powerful, powerful statement. And this psalmist is expressing deep pain, but acknowledges that the Lord has turned to him and he hears his cry. If you're a Christian or if you're not a Christian, let me assure you, That when you feel like no one else hears your cry, God can. When you feel like you're alone and no one gets you, God does. And I know some of you are in a tremendous amount of pain and have been for a long time and I'm begging you, wait patiently for the Lord. He will hear your cry. Don't give up. You are too loved and you're way too valuable. Let's keep reading in verse 2. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He lifted me up? I think this is a really important statement. And there's some theology out there that asserts that God is all-loving, but not all-powerful. And this idea of an all-powerful God would be that able to stop some of the injustices in the world, there's no way he could be all-powerful, or why wouldn't he do it? He wouldn't. If he could, he would. And the sovereignty of God, the authority of God, is called into question. And this, of course, undermines the authority of the church, which is the body of Christ. And what I think it really does is redefine love. And I think it's making love to be what I consider static empathy, which I define as the ability to deeply and intimately understand and share the feelings of another but without having the agency and the power to change the circumstances. So God becomes this incredibly loving being and no one no one will say he's not loving. I have never found anyone to say God's not really loving. But he's devoid of the agency to do whatever he chooses to alter or change a situation. And this has become subtly, extremely popular among the millennials and the Gen Z demographic. Because they love to redefine things in a way that makes it seem as if the original definition was not suitable enough. Let me say this clearly to all my young people you do not get to define what love is. And I do not get to define what love is. Only God has the right to define what love is. Because He is love. And this psalmist lived in a highly patriarchal world where he had no therapist listening. There's no field of psychology That was invented yet. Thank God we have professional counselors now. Thank God we have those resources. But he didn't have that. So how did he process his trauma? How did he process his pain? He believed in an all-loving and an all-powerful God. A God that doesn't just slap on some mud and mire and hop into the pit and just sit with him forever. But a God that also sticks out his hand and pulls him out. A powerful mighty, authoritative God that's also loving, that's also gracious. In other words, I believe that our modern day American Christianity can take God's power and His authority for granted. And I don't believe in a God who displays static empathy. I believe in a God who displays a powerful love, that He wields Himself And delegates often to human beings to help lift people out of the worst experiences and the worst traumas in their life. And in case you were wondering, he doesn't just stop there. He gives us a firm place to stand. Serenity, a foundation strong enough where we don't have to walk on eggshells anymore because we're loved by an all-powerful God. How can we not say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. This This psalmist was moved so much that he felt God put a song of praise in his heart. And there's a song that I felt like God has put on my heart, in my mouth. And I've been listening to it for a long time. And I've been singing a lot these past few months. And it's simply titled, Thank You. And I'm going to walk you through some of the lyrics right now. And I want you to just become accustomed. Just listen to what this artist is saying. And it's by Maverick City Music. I can sing a billion songs. Dance till my feet are numb. Spin till I'm empty and poor. Can't praise you enough. And this is just the first section. This is the first verse of the section. And then you get to the bridge and the chorus, which says this. And if time were to stall, I could never tell it all. Words of few, this will have to do. And then he repeats, and this is the chorus. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I'm so grateful. So that's the bridge in the chorus. And then we go into the third, the next section, the second verse section. And it says this. You sang till I found my song. You danced till my heart woke up. So you see, the first section was I, I, I which is common in a psalm. just talking about the psalmist and introspective and then you get the bridge and then you get the second verse section which in the psalm which is saying you. it's, It's proclaiming to God. It's shifting the focus and emphasis off of me to God. And I love this song so dearly. And when we sing to God and express that intimacy with Him, it can really connect us to Him, transform our hearts and inspire us to do the same. So now... I'll be performing this song solo, which I've never done before, but, you know, our technical director, John Thorne, said I could do it. I'm I'm kidding. Many of you know I can't sing very well. But fortunately, I have some incredibly talented friends. Gifted, who's going to come on up. we got Josh and and Molly will be here in a second. They're going to come on up. And I've asked them to perform this song. And in all seriousness, guys, I urge you, as they sing, they're great, and they're talented, they're incredible musicians, but I don't want you to focus on how amazing they are. I want you to focus on how amazing God is. And to be thankful for Him. Be thankful that He's given them this ability to sing. Be thankful that this song was put in the heart of the original artist. And I want you to spend this time singing out loud in your living rooms, in your sitting rooms, in your bedroom, wherever you're at, and devoting this time to praise and worship Him. So without further ado, I give you Marley and Josh.
1: to us, so faithful, I can sing a billion songs, dance till my feet are numb, spin till I'm empty and poor, can't praise you enough. Till my voice gives way leap till I have no strength Lose my breath trying to explain I can't praise you enough Oh, and if time were to stall I can never tell it all Words of few, This will have to do I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you I'm so grateful You sang till I found my song. You danced till my heart woke up Now I move to the rhythm of love I can't praise you enough You wept till I No breath dying to save me. I'll never go back to that grave. I can't praise you
0: enough, oh. And
1: if time were to stall, I can never tell it all. Words a few. this will have to do. I just want to thank you. thank you. I just want to thank you. I'm so grateful. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank Overwhelmed us, hallelujah. I'm standing in the promise, surrounded by a goodness. You have overwhelmed us, hallelujah. And if time was all I could never tell it all, words of you, this will have to do, I just want to thank you, Lord, I just want to thank you, I just want to thank you, I'm so grateful, I just want to thank you Lord, I just want to thank you, I just want to thank you, I'm so grateful. Wow.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, man, thank you guys so much. So appreciative of Marley and Josh being willing to come up here and to sing their hearts to God and to help us connect and worship, and worship to God. So thank you guys, and I love that song so much. Uh, it reminds me that we don't just thank God. For what he does. We thank him for who he is. And there's a verse I want to read. As we prepare our hearts for communion here. In Matthew 26. Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks. He broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying. Take and eat this body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to him, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And I love this verse. And oftentimes, I read it for years and I remember seeing when they sung a hymn. That's not often talked about in church. It's not often talked about in lessons. But after he's going through the Last Supper, and he's having these incredibly intimate times with his disciples, Jesus is about to go out to the Mount of Olives, and we know where the Mount of Olives is, right? That's where he was pouring and dripping blood, praying to God, saying, should I, should I sacrifice my life for these people? Before he did that, he sung a hymn. Maybe it's similar to the hymn that we just sung, the song that we just sung. And I can only imagine Jesus on his knees praying, pleading with God for the humility needed to make that sacrifice. And maybe that song popped into his head. Maybe, maybe it helped him as he was connecting with God to saying, I'm going to take the steps necessary to sacrifice my life, not My will, Lord, but yours be done. As we take communion, let us be grateful. Let us be thankful that we have this amazing Father in heaven who sent His Son on earth to die for us because of our sin, our shortcomings, our failure, our inability to save ourselves and gives us an opportunity to be saved and have a real relationship with God. Oh, I just want to thank you. I'll leave you with this quote from one of my favorite early church fathers, Augustine. Man is one of your creatures, Lord, and his instinct is to praise you. Since he is part of your creation, he wishes to praise you. The thought of you stirs him so deeply that he cannot be content unless he praises you. Because you made us for yourself, and our hearts find no peace until we rest in you. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for allowing us to be here. Allowing us to come before you and take communion giving us this chance, this opportunity to put a new song in our hearts, a new song in our mouths, that we can sing praise to you, the songs of the soul. And as we take the bread, which represents your body, and as we take the juice that represents your blood, I pray that we can be so intimately and madly connected with you, that we can create this new situation between us and you where we're talking directly to you we're, we're personally connecting to you and we're giving thanks for all the good that you've done we're giving thanks for just being able to live in this world we're being thanks because you sent your son to die for us as a sacrifice to give us this chance to have his intimacy with you Lord we don't deserve it but we're grateful we're thankful not just for what you do but for who You are. I love you, and I pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. Hey, everyone. We're back here, and uh, grateful to have that time of communion. So thankful that we're able to spend the time connecting to God. And I know for our services, this is something that we typically do, but we're trying to do new things and mix things up a bit, so I'm always like trying to push the agenda. So grateful again for Josh, for Marley being able to sing as a part of the sermon. And I wanted to respond to a few of your cha- a few of your messages in the chat. And I have my phone here, got my iPad as well, because I got some action steps for you. But yeah, I asked that question earlier, which I'm hoping that you guys will discuss later uh, in your in some of the groups that you have after service. Uh, but I asked the question about when you're feeling down and out, when you're feeling Jaded or whatever. Or what situation do you typically run to God? Is it during those times or other times? And we have Ro- Oscar Rodriguez said many situations. And and yeah, he does run to God, which I really appreciate, Oscar. Um, and Zahid says when he's dealing with relationships, I know people can be so messy and it's just hard to understand someone else coming to different situations. So I, I get that too, Zahid. And then Mary Moon says... Uh, when I hit rock bottom, which, you know, it's very classic. It's very, very common. And um, and I can relate to that as well. And Edward Moreno, Eddie, he said, I run to God when things aren't going well and when things are going well. So, Eddie, that's what we're trying to get to. We want to run to God in all situations. So, I want to become more like you, Eddie. Uh, so, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for the chat and the responses and that you guys are willing to interact in this way, in this new COVID way. And obviously, we're all looking back. to get, We want to get back together so we can have these conversations in person. But um, but this is the best we can do. And I have I want to read one response, and this is the one that I marked and it really hit me um, from Nedra Eubanks. It said, I experienced my soul on fire when I was praising God and praying about the power of the Holy Spirit. All I could do was cry uncontrollably and praise God over and over again while warmth flowed. That sounds like a psalm to me. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that uh, intimacy in the chat and just being so vulnerable. Uh, so anyway guys, we're gonna close out with some action steps and you know I gotta leave you some action steps. So hopefully this is working. Uh, I can't see it on the screen. Let me change this and see. Alright, so I get the slide up. Cool, cool. Um, So, here are the quick action steps. Read all of Psalm 40. So, we just read the first three verses, and it was really cool to read those, but it's a longer psalm, and there's more intricacies and nuances throughout. So, just read the rest of Psalm 40 this week. Discuss the psalm with a member of the Westside Church. So, if you're visiting with us today, so grateful to have you here. Just connect with us. You can message in the chat or if you know someone that reached out or invited you, uh, just talk to them about that Psalm. Have that conversation with them and see what comes out, see what God does in your heart. And lastly, share why you are thankful to God to a new person each day. So each day this week, say Sunday, so you get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By next Sunday, that should be seven people. We're, we're, we're sharing why we're thankful. And we're finding a new person to communicate that with. It's easy to talk to our parents or friends or family, but I want you to find a new person. It could be someone random on the street, a coworker, someone that you haven't talked to this kind of thing about before, and just share with them why you're thankful. So now I'm going to pass it off to Justin Shump, who will give us the reminders and close things out. You just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit the Westsidechurch.com, or LAICC.net.